Oh my gosh, welcome back everybody. Welcome back to Post Episode Issues. I'm Phil the Issues Guy, here with Joe Dirty Locks, and we're going to talk all about the Game of Thrones IMAX experience. Yes, we are geeky enough that we took time out of our Friday evening to go to see the IMAX. We got lost in a furniture store. You'd never believe Joe's back almost broke walking to this furniture store, but we made it there, and we made it to see... Two of the Game of Thrones episodes, uh, Children and the Watchers of the Wall, live on the IMAX screen. Uh, and with me, as I mentioned, is Joe Dirtylocks. Joe, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I'll tell you, nerdy as, as it may sound, I watch Game of Thrones on a tube TV made in, I think, 1998. So this was quite a, a nice treat for me. Yeah, absolutely. And this was, we were talking about going into it. This is absolutely the very first time that any of us have seen television on a movie screen, let alone an IMAX screen. And it was a really interesting experience. And we're going to get into how we felt about everything about the experience, right from walking on in and sitting down in the seats to how it felt to see that HBO logo pop up on a television. I mean, pop up on a movie screen, not on a television, on a movie screen, which was in a on weird an IMAX screen on an IMAX was... screen, which was pretty ridiculously surreal, Joe. Let's just cut through the shit sandwich for a second. That was kind of surreal. Yeah. Well, I think I've seen that HBO logo before a movie or two that have been on a screen that big. But yeah, like Sex in the City or or I'm sure the uh, the uh, the Entourage movie will have that eventually. I guess I more mean that static television HBO image where you see the yeah, HBO it was pretty TV. special. It, it was, was nice. It was pretty special. So, but everybody, if this is your first time tuning in, if you were just curious about the IMAX special uh, and you're curious about the trailer of the Game of Thrones and you're tuning into us for the first time, we are a recap show. We do recap episode recaps and character recaps and things like that sometimes video games sometimes other things like that right after the show's end we like to get on here get you guys in the chat room get you talk to us about what you thought about the episode and we talk to you about our first impressions so if that's something you might be into please hit that subscribe button it will help us and share us with your friends if you're already a subscriber of us yes i'm pandering and, and making love to you with my eyes please help us out sir but we really do appreciate it and we appreciate the love <laughs> And thank you for like all the kind words over the holidays and in this and last year. So now that that's all over with, you can follow me on Twitter at I Got Issues, man. You can follow Joe at Dirty Locks. Show's over. See you later, guys. Bye. I'm out of here. No, I'm kidding. Let's get into it, folks. So we got our tickets to the the Game of Thrones of the IMAX. This is a little different than our normal recaps. It's we're not recapping a show or something. We're recapping an experience. So this is a uh, it's gonna be a little different to talk about it. Um, first of all, we're on the east coast of Massachusetts. Uh, go Massachusetts. Pats. Yeah, go Pats uh, tomorrow and Sunday. Go Cheatriots. Go Belichick. <laughs> Cheat those balls away. On Sunday. Oh, you can deflate my balls all you want, Belichick, as long as you win. That's right. But the, That's right. But I'm, I'm saying this because a lot of you might have read that it was basically we had uh, winter. It was been Winterfell all around here for a while. The last couple of days have been really super huge snowstorm. And I have winter to, came. Winter win came and kicked our ass. It did. The winter came and fucked us in the ass. Which and still is. There's another storm coming tonight. But and that's what made it even extra special to get out and go see this. Absolutely. And I want to. And walking out of the theater. Yep. No, that's what I was going to say. The, that's what I'm leading up to, Joe. The best part of the entire experience. I don't know what was with people in the theater last night. I, I think. They were very quiet and subdued. Yeah. There was a, there was something up people's ass. I think J Joe and I and one guy in the back were the only people talking during. Katie. 
Katie, Katie, Katie was. was quite vocal. Katie was, I was a little embarrassed. I wasn't nearly as vocal as the two of you. I was a little embarrassed to sit next to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Katie and I, I were talking I the whole time. The people around me, like there was a coworker of mine, an ex-coworker of mine that was sitting a couple of seats away. You know, oh, embarrassed. In, fa- in fairness, Joe was the most rude during the previews, <laughs> but he didn't talk during the movie as much. Katie and I did. We, we had constant commentary through the whole thing, pretty much. No, we were we, we were definitely all talking. And, and, and something like this, you know, I, I suspect every single person in the theater all night long, no matter what showing you were at, I'm going to say 98% of them have seen these episodes at least once. Joe. And if you're... Joe, like I need to... us, you've probably seen them two or three times. So to be in that theater and to be so quiet as everybody was was quite kind of shocking to me. I expected a lot more people to be clapping and be like, yeah, and and crap like that. But everybody was just kind of like, ooh. Joe, I take umbrance. Anybody. I take umbrance with your thing. I, I would say, what the fuck are those two percent people that have never seen the movie in there for? I'd say nine, I'd say a hundred percent of the people in there had seen those episodes before. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm discrediting your math. I'm saying ninety nine point nine percent of the people that are going to see this, unless they're just people that have like season tickets to IMAX and going to see anything, uh, have or, seen or these maybe, episodes. Maybe some people who who have been waiting for the. Uh the season to come out for Amazon prime. And then they haven't wanted it. We're going to wait until, you know, until April to watch it, but decided, okay, you know, this is coming out Friday. Let me watch all eight episodes. Yeah, now. but they didn't write. So there didn't... might be a few people that haven't seen those two episodes. I, I see. If any of those people are listening to this video at any point in time between now and a thousand years from now, if this video is still on, if YouTube still exists, please comment whether it's to my grandchildren or my parents. If you went to this IMAX show and you've never seen Game of Thrones before, or if you've never watched season four, and this was the first time you saw those two episodes, I want to hear from you. I have to yeah, hear from I you. Wanna, especially about the first episode. What's wrong? Uh, what's wrong with you? The wall. What... Yeah, I want to know what's wrong with these people personally. I, if if they haven't if they haven't seen these episodes and they're Game of Thrones fans and they go to see them for the first time here, what is wrong with you that you haven't seen them before then? That you need. You... Well, and you might not be a fan. Here's a, here's a scenario: your your boy your new boyfriend or your new girlfriend okay. is like, I love yeah. this show, yeah. and you're like, but I've never had HBO. I've never seen it. And, and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to this on Friday night. You can come with me if you want. And you go with them. Okay. That, that is, that's the 2% of people that you're talking about then. The, the significant others that are coming with their – because like, let's say for an instance that I was, I was dating a girl that didn't watch Game of Thrones and you couldn't go for some reason. Would I still have gone? Would I have taken my girlfriend that's never seen Game of Thrones to this? Or Sitting there talking. I'm sorry, I lost power for a second. Hopefully, we didn't we didn't get disconnected. My voice, my, did my I voice just your voice lost? Just my voice. Okay, sorry about that, everybody. I, I I've I've installed this new power system into my bedroom to to conserve electricity. And if I don't push this button when it starts blinking within five minutes, all my electricity shuts down. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Isn't it makes it makes podcasting much more exciting. There you go. Yeah. You got the, uh... The little red button. The little kill red the button. Switch. Yeah, it's the, ki- the to kill the giants when the giants are running down. But but okay, so so let's say that there's a small percentage of people that are in there that haven't seen it for the first time. The majority of people that are in there, I almost expected uh, 
it's going to see like a Freddy movie in the theater vibe that everyone's yelling at the screen. Everyone's laughing at every Jon Snow. Don't go in there. Don't do it. Don't do it. But really, you only got a few points in times where everyone lost it laughing. And a couple of were weird moments that I didn't expect them. Like when uh, when the little kid I'm blanking on his name shoots Egret and gives Jon Snow like the, 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 the hey, buddy, that got the biggest laugh of the night. Yeah. Well, I think that was us, and we were just loud about it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the only there was one other time, maybe yeah, maybe like you said, two times that a couple other people laughed, but there was definitely laughter coming from our row. Oh, we have we have a listener here. Uh, we have someone who is asking us a question here. It's someone named Punk. Uh, Punk, welcome to the channel, or welcome to our reviews. I, I seem to remember your name. You're have you watched our Walking Dead reviews before? But maybe not. But hey, Phil, Joe, I've never seen Game of Thrones apart from Winter is Coming in the second episode. Could you try to persuade me to watch like the 50 other episodes and catch up before April? It, it would help if you told me what you thought of those first two episodes. If you weren't hooked by the first two episodes, it's, it might be difficult for me to persuade you into watching the rest. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'd say that. Yeah, because I was pretty much hooked after the opening scene. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect – what was that thing that just killed every these three guys in the – two guys in the woods? Yeah. I was like, that kind of hooked me. And then, you know, basically – And and Punk, by the way, I, I, yeah. you might not want to listen to this for the whole time. I know I, I know I shouldn't tell listeners to go away. Punk, you may want to go away because there's going to be some spoilers coming soon if we haven't yeah, already oh, yeah. done there's, it. There's definitely quite a, a few spoilers. This is now like the end of season uh, four. Four, four, yeah. That we're, we're about to talk about the, the finale too. I'm There's glad I saw your comment. Because in between. And here's the thing about persuading people to watch movies and stuff. All I can really do is tell people what I, I like about it. And if it's things that they like about movies too, they'll watch it. But you can't tell someone they're definitely going to love something yeah. or definitely going to hate That's something. That's the surest way to make them hate it. Like if you tell someone they're, they're definitely right about that. I think you're right about that. When you so here's the things I like about. It. I think it's directed very well. I think the costumes are fantastic. I think the storyline, uh, although it may not always keep you guessing, it does throw you for some really nice twists throughout the storyline that you're going to be very upset about. And I'm sure you've heard rumors yeah. about. <laughs> and things will happen that will test your nerve, as far as a fan goes, to your favorite characters. And if that's something that you find interesting and like, you will like this series. That's awesome. one of the things I like, and it's one of the things that I haven't seen in very other many very episodic TV shows. And, and something, I'll, something, I'll, something I'll add to that as well. If you enjoy the – this is the one comparison I'll make to something like Star Wars – the original trilogy, what Game of Thrones seems to have as well, and I think in the books as well, it, it able's to take it's able to take some serious subject matter, um, some some heavy things, and mix it in with really great humor at a subtle level that just makes everything relatively funny without trying too hard to be funny. And right, so if you like British humor, this is something that you would like as well. Yeah. Not necessarily the slapstick Monty Python. But that dry kind of that British dry, humor. or the friendship humor, almost in a little bit dry irreverent, right? Yeah. Game of Thrones also is excellent with pairs, with uh, grouping people that you don't expect together in unique situations and seeing how they interact and what they think of each other. Oh, and then yes, if you don't like nudity and violence, there you go. 
If you like nudity, <laughs> okay. If you want to, this you want, show is for you. This for show the is first for you. Two seasons, and if you, then the nudity slows down, but the violence continues with great special awe. And and also, uh, if you enjoy uh, several page descriptions of what foods taste like and smell like, you'd love the books. <laughs> Read the books. Read the bro. books. If you want, if you want, like page. If you're yeah. a foodie. Read the books. Yeah. If you want to know what Sansa's lemon pies taste like over and over again, read the books. You, you'll really understand that J- that, <laughs> that that George Martin <laughs> dirty, that George Martin loves the lemon cakes, or he loves ginger food. Ginger pie. Ginger pie. <laughs> the ginger boy. I put him on my. Anyways, um, P- Punk says I thought the opening scene was sweet. I oh you were from our game Angel of Death chick from uh, SOA we he was listening to our SOA reviews and I watched the Walking Dead review so I'm excited for the second half of the season I'd say if you enjoyed what you've seen of Game of Thrones so far I'd say there's this is the best compliment I'll give to it and I want to drop drop this because I don't want to try to oversell you here it's one of my favorite shows for binge watching for for just watching so much if you like characters if you like seeing seeing certain characters go through a lot. And as Joe mentioned, maybe losing, maybe gaining characters you didn't want. It, it's a really great character study and it's able to combine combine that with story that a lot of shows can't do both. And it, yeah, this, this does it, well. it does it well. And it has a great source material and that's one of its advantages that it's based on excellent source material. Uh, so- And the, the source material has such layers to it too, that as the, as the, the show moves along, it grazes over so much more in-depth stuff that the books get into that if you're a reader, it's a it's a toss-up. I, I would say I didn't read the books until after I saw season one because season one blew my mind. I, I don't think I've ever seen TV like that, mm-hmm. like season one ended up being for me. Uh, the reasons why I chose to watch this show and it – now, now he asked a very. Oh my God! It's still, it, I, I still feel it inside. It really hurts me what he did to me and that motherfucker. <laughs> to answer your, to answer your question, Punk, <laughs> Punk, Punk asked one more question. Would we compare it to the Lord of the Rings? Uh, only, uh, no. only in visual style on occasion. It's much more compared to. Uh, I would much more compare it to shows like The Sopranos or things like that where you're dealing with more intense story arcs and character-driven driven pieces. and But it's not so much, or even more like a show, people are going to hate me for this, but the way that's set up with crossing over different storylines and you take different characters and have different characters be different weeks. It's with The Lord of the Rings... Spoiler alert like for The Lord... Tudors, Tudors meets The Walking Dead. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, with with the Lord of the Rings, the good guys win all the time, for the most yeah, part. This is this is a lot truer to life. George Martin has a a much better way of making this. this for for what for what? Yeah, he it's doesn't major, shy away from the tragedy. And it's and majorly there's, there's it's, elements to this that are fantastical and magical. But it's based on. But it's also based on historical accounts in some basis of the War of the Roses in England. It has a lot of influence from events that happened in that uh that he you know it's like like you're saying it's set in like a middle evilish kind of period without it being this country this world this any continent around like like it has nothing to do with this planet but it has similarities in time 
periods yes i, I would say yeah. you know so and that's one of the things that a lot of people seem to be confused by when they started watching it and talking to me about their take on it they're like so i don't get it this is europe like what what yeah. year in europe is it supposed yeah. to be and it's like dude this has nothing to do with any place on earth or you get the opposite or you get the opposite where people are like oh this isn't we're the dwarves and the uh, hobbits and stuff it right and and although there isn't any of that i mean it's influenced isn't Tyrion a dwarf it's but it's in you can you can feel <laughs> and he's an axe wielding dwarf now the big question is the american entertainment landscape would they have been able to accept uh, Game of Thrones with the open hands that they have from a television standpoint, not from the books, from the television without, standpoint, without the success of the Lord of the Rings movies before it. Can can anything that is fantasy have known success without the Lord of the Rings trilogy, at least in book form? Willow, if not cartoon form. Willow started it. To be fair, like if we want, if we want, if we, which but and I'm going to be quite honest about information I know here. The project of Willow started out with George Lucas wanting to do the Lord of the Rings and getting refused the rights, so he just wrote Willow. That's true. That's a true story. That's a true story. That's why there are some similarities to that. I mean, and then like Katie said, there is fairy tales too. The Grimm stories is all sorts of stories. So shit, the fucking Bible. <laughs> you know, I mean, fantasy has existed for a long time. So that people, you know, people grab onto, but. As far as like the dwarfs and the dragons, dragons have been around forever. The Camelot, knowing King that Arthur. punk, knowing that you like uh, Sons of Anarchy and you like The Walking Dead. Not that it's a similar show, but I would say that this show, if you're digging what you saw in the first couple of episodes, I'd say push all the way through, and you'll be thankful at the end of it all because it's one of the shows more than any other show ever that is opens itself to talking about it and debating it and over analyzation. And then you'll be where we are now, not knowing what's going to happen next. And everybody's, and if, everyone's together. And, and here's, here's another point too. If you've seen our podcast and you know our enthusiasm about the, uh, the walking dead or sons of anarchy, then you know that you ain't seen nothing. You, yet. You'll, you'll gather from this. Both of us are far more excited about game of Thrones and this program yeah than those others and we're both super fans of the walking dead we're both super fans of son of An sons of anarchy and our, our <laughs> it pales in comparison for how we both feel about yeah. game of thrones yeah i, I say think. i said goodbye to him for 45 minutes last night where we just kept talking about game of thrones we couldn't stop uh, so uh and punk likes to say <laughs> he got out of the car and i came and then to get back into yeah. the car to yeah. continue talking, continue about, talking about it right yeah. like uh, punk this, this is a far better show in both of our in both of our opinions, but you know it should be up to you and your taste and what you yeah. like and, and want to get out of TV. As okay, far so as punk, you're going to commit to fifty hours of television. Punk has said, "Thank you guys. I think you persuaded me." And I'm from London, so I have a mixture between American and British entertainment humor. Okay, so watch the damn show. Watch the damn. Show. Watch the damn show. Okay, we're going to go on. So as we said last night, when we pulled up into the uh, we pulled up around. Of course, he's from London. His name is Punk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching elementary last night and the girl from London's got like on a punk jacket and you know, skull and bones and stuff. The now, original punk, so sex pistols. Now we mentioned that there wasn't the biggest crowd there last night. It is safe to say that we also went to the latest show and it was snowing and it was kind of stormy. I would, would have been interesting to see the prime time 
showings how packed it was. But it was a it was an intimate crowd. Let's say that it wasn't dead, but it was a smaller crowd. There was a hundred people there. Yeah, a hundred, hundred and fifty people or so. And that was the last showing of the night. It had showed like what seven or eight times all day. Yeah, five times. But it was the fifth showing of the day. I I meant to send out a, a what's up to uh Justin Justin uh from he's a super fan. Yeah. I meant to send him a Facebook notice, but I forgot. So, I don't know. Is it still playing tonight? I think so. Yeah, it's playing for a week. Uh, maybe I'll do that afterwards. So, um, so, so we were, as we were driving in, we were wondering about a couple of things, the experience of watching a television show in the theater. How would it work? Would they bridge the two episodes together? Would we have uh, previews for the, the former episode? Would we, get, would we get trailers for movies before? I think our speculation going in was we would get trailers, but no, we got... No, there was no trailers, yeah. There, there was like a ravey thing. It was, it, they gave us a little rave with uh, hipster music, as you put it. And and the Jordans and the Jordans furniture commercial. Yes, we got to see the chins. It was we got to see the Jordans furniture from high def chins. High def chins, like you said. Yeah, it started off our started off our thing. Ren Renwood, we love you. Thank you. It's oh, great. I I gotta say, in that experience, good too, to see you the, too. Really, just the high def, watching this show in high def, uh, just seeing the characters' faces that huge and that on screen. I feel better as a human now. I don't feel quite so ugly anymore. And I'm not saying they're all that, you know, ugly or anything like that. They're much prettier people than I, including Tyrion. I don't know why I had to say including Tyrion. They all are. <laughs> Even the hound. We'll say including the hound. Or or the woman that he... Or, you know, or Hodor. I know, I know what you're saying, Joe. That's all I'm saying. I know, I know what you're saying, Joe, because essentially seeing some of the images, the way the television show shoots it with close-ups on people's faces for small screens, seeing some of those images on IMAX were very revealing to what some of the characters may look like under some of the makeup. Uh, some of the blemishes. We got to see like a few blemishes yeah, on Cersei. Bumps and pimples and, and, yeah. and yeah. wrinkles and you, you can't not you can't not notice them. Each wrinkle like is the size of your like is like an arm across the screen. Especially with uh what's her name? With uh with Jon Snow's girl there. Ygritte. Oh, Egret. Egret, yeah, Egret. She she you could definitely see her she looked much more like a wildling than she did to me She's, on the show. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say. So, you know, and yeah. I wonder if, if some of that was makeup or or if it was real or you know, I, but I liked it though. It, it it gave it a gave it a very raw, out there sort of feel. And I think going Absolutely. into the experience, I thought I would like the the Watchers of the Wall, the Battle of the Wall episode better. But watching the two episodes back, most of the points of the children, I personally enjoyed better. Especially seeing Tyrion on the big screen. Uh, and I know you might disagree with me a little bit because we'll get Brienne into and the Hounds fight. Brienne and the Hounds fight was the highlight of the night for me. Seeing that on a big screen was it was, and that was the most engaged that the crowd was. To the crowd was into that fight. That was amazing to see that again. Yeah. And I also noticed a little bit more about Arya in that scene. I, I even more believe that Arya showed affection at times to the Hound in that because I saw her emote more than I saw on the small screen. I don't know why. I just. I just felt even more strong that that at the end there, the hound, she had some sort of affection for the hound. Nope. No, 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 no. Okay, no, 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 no. Old fights. She didn't have anything. She Old was fights. all business right from the start. You can shit later. Get up. He wasn't, He. she was like, he, and the hound's like, you go with her. She'll protect you. She's like, no fucking way. I, I've stayed with you. You haven't 
been taking me anywhere. I've stayed with you is essentially how she kind of felt right there. Right. But, but uh, excellent seeing those episodes. And I, and I really, like I said, enjoyed the children a little bit better, minus something we're going to talk about at the end when we get into things that we noticed that we might not have liked. Um, but, but to answer some of our questions that we proposed, there were previews from next week. They actually showed the whole thing started out with last week on Game of Thrones and they showed you and both episodes were the whole episodes from beginning to end from the previews to the end of the credits. Then they did yep. previews, end of the credits. Then you For got the second one as well. And then you got the trailer at the end. Yep. And it was very interesting because I think it was almost like they had just hooked up uh, the movie theater projected to HBO Go, you know, through a, through a VGA yeah. course. <laughs> they should have yeah. had the uh, extra information shit scrolling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the it, it windows was, popping up. It just would have been interesting. Uh, but but the whole and the whole thing started out with that uh, that HBO the static. We talked about that a little bit at the beginning. The HBO uh, TV uh, beginning. So. It was it was really uh, really an interesting experience seeing it from that perspective of watching television shows on a big screen. I think from just a bigger issue, something we were talking about going in, I'd like to see them do this a lot more for different kinds of shows and uh, and maybe even showing just series finales. Hell, I'd go to see the Cheers series finale in a movie theater. I would spend eight dollars to go see that episode on a movie theater screen. I would. I'm. A, I'm. I fucking. I suck. I don't care. Cheers finale. I do it. I do it. I, if a movie theater opened up, that was just. I do a, it for Mash. But that, But for whatever it's worth, what I'm saying is. So no 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 no. So uh, I'm, that's why I wasn't like, cheers, dude. What the fuck? You know, like no, we, I, all, gotta, we all. We all. I'm, I'm like feeling you. I'm I feeling you. There's some shows I would do it for. I or Star Trek or Star Wars or Babylon Five. Wouldn't you go to see at a at a uh, sci-fi weekend for you to go see like a Babylon? Bad. Breaking Bad. The last couple episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah, they need to start doing this. They need to start doing. A theater needs to open up. That's just television shows that they just show old television. shows. What's that place up in uh up in Lowell area where you sit on the couches? And uh, the, yeah, there's a place in the Lowell, Massachusetts called Chunkies. It's one of these mo- one of these movie theaters where they sit you in big old airplane seats and bartenders come and serve you beers and and just what? everything like that. And you eat like wings and all this. I mean, just stuff think about it. You open up a open up an establishment. Hopefully, I'm influencing someone to do this. Uh, you open up an establishment. You have smaller theaters. You don't have to have them big, giant movie theaters. Screening yeah, rooms. Yeah, one or two screens. No, but you can open that way. You can open it up like a place that has like eight of them. You know, you have eight places that are showing eight different kinds of shows. You only need twenty or thirty people to sell out each room, and then you set it all up, and bam, 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 you have a television movie theater. So I guess that's what. It's something that I was thinking about. I don't want to hear about what you guys are talking about in your special evenings. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting chewed out because I know about these awesome places, but I don't take her on dates. She, he doesn't take me on these dates either, Kate. He's uh, taking you on more dates than he's taken me. Fair enough. That's probably that is probably true. I, I'm but not going to deny that. I, 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 oh shit! I to, and to be honest, I try to drag her out everywhere. Oh, and by, time. okay. She doesn't want to go out to eat. She doesn't no, no, like no. to go out let, to let, eat. Let, I love to go out to eat. I'm a 300 pound man who loves food, who loves pre- food prepared to me and brought to me while I sit. Yes. Those are the dates that you've taken me on, and I'm 
Okay, okay, okay. Anyway. But that's what that is. It's an out to eat with a big screen. We're going to move on from the dates here. So you see what I have to deal with, America, the so, world. So Punk would like to add, thanks, guys. If only we were here. This, this conversation would not be happening right now, woman. Now, uh, Punk adds, thanks, guys. Heading out for now. Make sure to catch the rest of the review when I get home. Hope to see you doing The Walking Dead midseason and get back into gear and can't wait to see Better Call Saul. And, and Ren Ren would like to add, I'm not sure exactly what we were talking about at the moment, but he would like to say Vikings just say, oh, in the theater. Yeah, I would go see, I would go see season one of Vikings. By the way, uh, just or season two. I'd see both of them. I'd watch. I'd go there for the weekend. They could let us all camp out in the lobby and just watch Vikings on the big screen straight through. Um, I'm I'm going to make a little bit of this beds, Joe. I'm going to make a little bit of an announcement here. As Joe knows, but other people that watch our show might not know, and it was a show that was suggested to me not just by Joe but by a few of our watchers. I have caught up with Vikings. I've watched both seasons of Vikings, and we will be doing at least some coverage of season three of Vikings. We'll definitely be covering the premiere and we'll go from there. Similar to what we do with Gotham. We might touch in on it every once in a while, but there will be Vikings recaps going on. Okay, back back to Game of Thrones here. Um, so yeah, it was very fun. I snuck in some uh, French fries and ketchup. Spicy smelling French fries and ketchup. Uh, buttery popcorn. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. The dragon part was also very sad. Seeing Danny tie up her dragons was very emotional. Oh, that was very heartbreaking. I, it was just as heartbreaking as the first time. The screaming yeah. dragons. Yeah. Oh. But but I can't lie. I felt more than any of the other parts of the from both episodes. I felt most disconnected from the Danny stuff for whatever reason. Like when she came when she came on the screen, I was just a little like, oh, here's Danny. Can we get back to others? I don't know why. I can't explain I why. I felt like that the entire first season. I was like, oh my god. Do we really have to go back to this this little 14-year-old girl and Okay, Joe. Married? Ugh. Now, so that was one of the things I noticed going back. Not that I but that being said, the first time I saw that stuff, I'm way into the Danny stuff. Seeing it on a second viewing, being emotionally disconnected from the storyline a little bit. I was I was I was just get to Tyrion. When's Tyrion? When's the end? I wanna see I wanna see what happens with Tyrion. And uh and obviously everything that happens with Tyrion and Tywin at the end was very, very exciting stuff to watch on a big screen. Yeah, and like we've said, and I, yeah, I expected some applause. I think we were the only people that applauded. Yeah, we applauded. A couple times there were applause when the Hound died and when Tywin died. Uh, we were the only people applauding, and I was shocked at that. This is, you're a super fan at IMAX screen, watching this stuff on, seven, watching Tyrion's, you know, Two foot body on a seventy foot screen. Yeah. Come on, show a little enthusiasm. The man, the man's a giant Lannister right now. Yeah, and there, there was a couple moments. Uh, we cheered when Jamie busted in in that moment to save him. I, we all went woo. There were several times where the three of us were the only ones really showing emotion in the theater, and we felt like we were the obnoxious people. There were people checking their phones, just sitting in there. Why'd you go? Get the fuck out of the theater. Or no. I guess I should say because of what we want to see happen, all these television shows and theaters, pay the ticket, may, let HBO make money to show that there's money to be made here because there's probably very little cost for them to distribute it to the theaters. So it's a it's a worthy investment if they're making at least some ticket sales. So let's get into, we talked a little bit about Danny. On rewatch, there were a couple things here and there that weren't as good weren't as good oh a couple more great things the battle of the wall i feel like we didn't talk about it enough the giants were really awesome we also cheered when oh. the giant everything with giants we were cheering and that was probably another point where people were a little bit more engaged 
uh, watching Jon Snow take over at the wall and just everything that happened from his standpoint. And and Jonas Slint running into the yeah. into the basement to hide with uh, it was really Billy. Billy was, yeah, that got that got a lot. Of, but that was all really intense. That that battle was just crazy. But I traded all just to watch that intro a few more times on a big screen. Watching just the Game of Thrones intro with the the whole in, intro segment. Like at first, when it first kicked in, it made me a little uh, motion sickness. I got a little bit of that. Whoa. Well, I, I just think about how many how many hours of TV have both of us watched where it's been preceded where great feelings of both sadness happiness and everything have been preceded by that yeah. we have been we have been trained like pavlov dogs to know that when you see that static hbo hit the screen <laughs> and that deep bass tone uh, resonate through the room or theater you know you're about to get tickled somewhere special yeah and it really uh, caught your emotions off guard seeing that from a different visual medium we seriously that is the exact training technique used for that kind of stuff <laughs> you click something you throw a treat at your dog's face uh, mm, pavlov's <laughs> dog ding oh i want a dog i mean i want a treat uh <laughs> you want a dog treat i what? want a dog treat well what's going on uh ren renwood and i said it before but i love you ren renwood it's good to good to have you back out here talking some game of thrones uh, she says, I have always been that way about Danny. Her scenes seem too bogged down uh, the pace of the show. And I, and I agree, it does seem to. And I, I, some could argue or no, very easily that it does that in the book as well. Uh, and she also says, asks, did the Giants look that good on the screen for you all? The Giants looked fucking cool. Some of them, maybe the makeup of the Giants, you could tell at times, like uh, you got a little bit, as Joe was mentioning, high definition. So you got very... It, there was a little CG facey thing going on, but I loved it. I it thought, looked, they looked awesome. I thought both the Giants, I thought that episode, the CG and whatever they did for makeup and the Giants and the Mammoths and the Wall and the Scythe, the long shots. The when I watched it originally on television on on my admittedly old out of date television, that scene was very dark. I couldn't really tell the fire and the trees and that there was this extra tree line. I couldn't. Everything was very dark. Um, I get a feeling I'll get into about the, the next episode too a little bit. But on the big screen, you could really see the fire that the North will never that the North will has the light, the fire the likes the North has never seen. Uh, it, it was really good, and I really liked. I appreciated the giants so much more on yeah. this big screen and the yeah. mammoths. Yeah. I also appreciate much more. I also appreciated. To get a little bit into the second episode, I feel like also the thing on the brightness factor, I feel like everything, I feel like they tinted the brightness factor up a little bit for the movie theater in general. Like they just made everything a little brighter, uh, which is, which I, which so I So you mind. had the same thing going on when you watched yeah. it on television yeah. too. It was very dark. Yeah, it felt, it felt everything, especially in the first episode felt a lot brighter. Like they, you, you could see oh, everything. Too. And I'd also like to add this episode and the next episode when we saw him, Mance Raider was even cooler seeing him on the big screen. The way he just his face looks and how long the actor's face is, he's got a face for big screens. And he oh, I love that actor. Yeah. I loved him. I loved him in 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 Rome. He was even he had a small partish in uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I really like him in that. I've liked him in almost everything I've seen him in. Um, great actor. Yeah, the scene in the scene in the children when Jon Snow With goes the there. To, 
yeah, he's just, he just, he just has such a crazy mug. And then, and then I got to admit, I started cheering when Stannis the Manus started rolling in there in the children episode. And I was the only person in, I was the only uh, person. He had a lot of soldiers too. He had yeah. a lot of horses and they were all on horse. It seemed, it seemed even more. It was, it was what I whispered to Katie there was, was welcome to the big time wildlings. It was like, here's a real army that's about to just kick your right. ass. We go in there and napalm the villa, napalm the trees with horses, basically. You may be able to outrun, uh, outrun the, the black watch, but you can't out, outrun a crow with a message to yeah. bring 20,000 horsed men to the wall Yeah, for the one true King Stannis, you know, <laughs> fighting for the Lord of light. Yeah. Damn. And all that is right. Damn. So, so overall the experience was really good. And those are a lot of the things that we really, really loved. I think the one thing that coming out of it, both of us were a little eh about seeing it a second time was a scene that we were a little eh about the first time we saw it. And this is probably the only thing, the only negative of the experience. And it's more about the episode itself and the interpretation the show took on a situation. And that's the brand stuff. Seeing the brand. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to say, mm -hmm. say this too. The first way I saw it, I had a lot more. I, if I remember even the review, I think I even said uh in our episode recap that it was very dark and i had a hard time making out some things and i really feel as you do that they did tweak the brightness for the imax so that you could see it better they might have even added some things for it who knows that's probably doubtful but uh it was the high def alone right as opposed yeah. to my awful tv it really was a much better improvement and it made the things i liked much better yep and it also made you more graphically aware of how much you hate the brand stuff, right? Oh, and you know, conversely, <laughs> let's in get into it. Episode, let's get it over with. Let's get it over with. <laughs> oh, it, the, the same thing is said the, because because of how big the screen was and how the high def was, I still didn't like <laughs> the skeletons popping out of the ground. It felt very uh, the voyages of the seven seas or yeah. you know like sinbadi or jason and the argonauts is the... Ar jason and the argonauts thank you uh that it it, it really did harken back to that for me and that yeah in the way jojen gets a, gets stabbed with this like slow motion stab he always knew he would and then we get the little fire starter girl throwing the gambit I, pellets and stuff they and... could have at least got a girl that looked like she knew how to throw something ah uh, she looks like me trying to throw, you know, she's like, eh. she really did fill it. And I don't mean that. In no, no, no. Way. I said, I said, you it. throw a basketball, but you can't throw a baseball. Oh, no, no. This is know? how I throw. I'm not even faking it. That's how I throw. And, and I thought it looked very bad. I thought, I thought her costume looked very like, like, like elementary school stage show looking in a, in a, in a, in a way. And then they how could have used at least a woman that, I mean, the, she's a children of the forest. Right, but uh, and then we get. But she's in, older, born way before us. Whatever. Yeah, and and ultimately they go in and then they talk to the uh, three-eyed raven, uh, who looked even more in the big screen like just a man sitting in a tree. It, okay, now here <laughs> is where I have to go back on what I said before. When it was darker, <laughs> when I watched it on television, it was actually better because this time I watched it and I could really see that it was just a guy sitting behind a high school set of a tree on like a little chair with, with like a, a vine they pulled off the fence outside the studio wrapped around his hand 
And this is supposed to be a guy that has been sitting there for so freaking long that the vines have grown through him, that the roots of this tree have grown in and out of his skull and face and body. He can't move. He can't shift in that seat. This, this is why he needed Brand to come there in the first place, because he's about to finally fucking die. Yep. He's been there for like five 5,000 years or something. And this really looked like he was just like hanging on to some like, it, it looked like Joe took a bunch of baby powder, spread it in his head, and he went out and sat outside in a tree. And I shot him with I shot him with my phone and uploaded it. I mean, it didn't look that bad, but it, ultimately, when it's supposed to be a different creature, not human at all, and that he's grown and become part of the tree as it's described to us, it came off as seeing it in a high definition setting in a big wide screen. It came I mean, off as a good Comic Con costume. Yeah, it came off like as a, a good, really good, Comic-Con really good cosplay of of playing the, uh, the 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 guy from the Lord of the Rings that was under the influence, like the the. The king, the king that's sitting in the throne that they have that Gandalf has to knock out. He looked more like that than he looked like like anything right. else. Reading. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was it was a, a bad interpretation of the books. Um, and if I hadn't read the books, maybe I would think otherwise of this scene and these and these couple of scenes don't you think that they it, added to the series. Don't you think it's just general. a victim? It's the butterfly effect. It's because you change a couple little things here and there. Then you get in a situation where you're like, oh, shit. Now we need to clean house a little bit to get to where we need to be uh, in the book, where where we're, where we're at. So even simple things like just not having cold hands really is obvious, yeah. fucks everything up, changes changes they everything. They spent a lot of money on that fight episode, on the Castle Black fight episode. They spent a lot of money probably on the Oberon fight. That they really and and uh, and even the hound fight, no, the hound fight they probably didn't spend a lot of money on, but the but definitely the uh, the castle black fight, they probably spent a big part of their season budget on that. Yeah. To make that as great as it was, and it showed in that they weren't able to quite, in my mind, in my in my viewers' mind, uh, get those scenes right with the undead coming out of the ground to attack Bran and Hodor and, and Joe John, Hodor. Joe John and Mira, my, my, whatever the hell her name, Mira. It was fun seeing Hodor. Yes. And Katie, oh yeah. Hodor yeah, is a beast. Katie's yeah. right. Seeing him play them, play the, play the dead. Like he does the DJ turntables, you know, like, and, nice. and, and when, when Hodor came on and we yelled Hodor and we were the only ones that did, that was one of the few times that people reacted to our comments that people no, no, laughed at thing. us. I saw, I heard both of you and Katie both yelled Hodor at the same time. And I was like, Oh, I missed it. Yeah, I felt Joe, so bad about myself that I missed a Hodor yeah, moment. Joe, Joe was off, Joe was off the time. <laughs> the theater started laughing at you guys go, doing the Hodor. I was like, Oh, I missed my. I missed it. Ren Ren would ask. I wish you guys had told me that you were gonna do that. We we, we talked when when you went to go get popcorn. We planned that. When you went to go get popcorn, Katie and I planned that. Sorry, we weren't in on that. Um, Ren Renwood adds on TV. On TV, I felt like seeing a video game with fireballs and skeletons. It's like they ran out of money. Yeah. Yeah. It, yes. Thank you. And that's exactly how I felt I about it. And it and it really is highlighted, especially. On that IMAX screen, like you yeah. say, like it really is. Yeah, that's why I almost think I understand why they showed those two episodes, but they almost should have shown the mountain and the viper and the battle of the wall. Those would have been the two most effective episodes for IMAX from this past season. 
Yeah. If the, but you want they wanted to close out the season and then show you the pre show you the trailer. But I would have loved to see the 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 mountain versus the viper on that big screen. That would have been. Yeah, yeah, they should have shown all. Honestly, if they had decided that it was a weekend, two days of two five-hour sessions. Do a one day, 10 hours, uh, 12 hours, you're at the movie theater because you give like five minutes in between. People can get up and go to the bathroom or whatever, and you do a marathon for people on the on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I would pay 50 bucks to go see that for a day. You know, it's, it's a lot less. But the amount they're going to make in concessions because people are there for 12 hours will make up for what they miss in tickets. No, absolutely. I mean, I went to this thing, which was uh, from six o'clock to, to, uh, to almost two in the morning, 6 PM to two in the morning to see all three Batman movies in a row. So that, so, I mean, there's precedent for doing those type of things where it's, where you can, where you can yeah, go to a movie theater. That's like seven and a half or eight episodes of it. You could absolutely do it. You started a little yeah. earlier. People absolutely like that. You and you get them trapped in your theater for for twelve hours. And come on, a five dollar bag of popcorn that costs you ten cents is a lot better than a movie ticket that yeah. you have to pay to. That's what they're making their money on, and that's what they're going to sell a you shit do, ton of if they do that. You do a little intermission thing, and if you have a theater like, say, the Revere, uh, there's the Revere Mass Theater where we're from, has is one of those theaters that has restaurants and kind of like a food court down at the end. So you have a little intermission. People, everyone comes out and goes to the food court and spends thousands of dollars on meals and stuff like that. So. <laughs> So the so again we're giving you the money. Listen, movie theaters, you've been butt compl- thousands of dollars on meals that are hot dogs and pretzels and crap like that. Like so, yeah, like, so uh, pizza, pizza, frozen pizza for like seven dollars a slice and shit. But, so listen, God, movie God theaters, good, good for them. You're you've been butt crying about all these years about how you're losing money because TV's making too much too much of the great entertainment's happening on TV. You want some of that money? You want to make money off people? Hollywood or whatever the fuck or not Hollywood movie theaters. Start doing this more because you can get people in the yep. theater. Especially when you when you have some shows like that are on TV right now, like The Walking Dead, or or Breaking Bad, or Breaking Bad, yeah. Or these e- shows, the super fans of these shows will absolutely come out and see it. We think, are in a different think, era. Think about how much how many super fans of say like The Walking Dead would go out to see The Walking Dead in a movie theater. You you get want to see that want to see those zombies that. That want to see those zombies. Everybody that went to that went to the walking the Walker Stalker Con and all of those cities at the Walker Stalker Con, all those people that put on makeup to dress up like their own zombie, they will absolutely go out to to a day like this for the for the Walking Dead. They are much more into the Walking Dead. People are much more into the Walking Dead than any singular zombie movie ever, including I believe World War Z. Yeah. No, because most people who read that book hate that movie. <laughs> Unlike most people who have read Game of Thrones, do not hate the Game of Thrones series. No, there's some people that are starting to feel some sort of bias and anger towards the series because it's going to end before the books are apparently. So there are some people that have some sort of resentment to the fact of theoretically getting the series that they've been into since 1996 spoiled on a television show that's that's going to wants to wrap things up in eight seasons and, and will sacrifice a lot of shit just to wrap it up the story when they just know how the closing shot is and they just know how they need to get there. And George R. R. Martin's basically said, you can change anything you want to get there as long as this is the ending. So very interesting. And Renrin would say, so now I'm sorry. I spaced out there. Yes. I spaced out on the, on your last sentence. I so want to see Herschel's head come off on the big screen. Oh yeah, it'd be amazing, amazing. 
And uh, I don't really want to see the rest of that episode, but I want to see that on the big screen. <laughs> so I would go see the season. You know, I would go see that season. Just to see that, see that moment. And people go to see movies for the same reasons. They go to movies just to see the Neil before Zod line or something. I don't know why I chose that. And that, I just seen Superman too. Uh, but no one goes to see just just that so that was probably the only drawback i know that was a we talked about that in a long form but the our only big drawback of the episode or the whole experience was a couple of moments and that being the biggest and the only one i really remember that didn't quite transition as well to the big screen because of the obvious fact as ren renwood and joe pointed out uh that that episode obviously had financing issues where they had blow their wad for the season already and everything that had happened earlier to lead to that point where they knew they had big moments in that episode with uh, the Tywin and the Tyrion stuff. So they could kind of graze over the brand, especially when we're not going to see brand for a whole season. It's going to separate people's minds from the next time they see brand. So who gives a shit really what they did there? Because by the time the next time we see brand, we're going to be like, Oh, Burton's brand. Yeah. And maybe he'll look better in that situation than that did. I just hope they don't. And that's one of the things that George Martin does really well with his use of fantasy of actual fantasy. And I mean, it's all fiction, but his use of fantasy in it is so sparse and so sparing that you don't get sick of it. You don't feel overwhelmed by it. When it happens, you're left in a little bit of awe or oh, what the f- yeah what just happened here and then he doesn't bring you back there for you know another eight nine hundred pages or the next book or something like that and it they they've done that well on the tv as well exception being we do see a lot more of the dragons yeah we do see a lot more of the dragons because danny's a lot more of a fan favorite character and not that she's not a big person in the books but the dragons are really loves dragons everyone loves dragons and and dragons believe it or not they are magical, obviously, but they're also, you could think about them from an animal standpoint, not that they existed yeah, in our absolutely. world, but that they just, they've been reborn to similar to somehow, let's say in our world, dinosaurs were reborn somehow. Who knows if, who knows how it would happen, but let's just say someone found some we dinosaur have eggs. rather large creatures on this planet right now, even yeah. still. Yeah. We have very large, very scary sea creatures, and we have very large, very scary creatures okay. that walk the, pl- the face of this earth Lions well. and tigers and bears, oh my. And we also have... Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Yes. Kitties that are way damn close to a thousand pounds. Kitties. Purring, <laughs> happy little fucking kitties that weigh a thousand pounds. Yeah. Come here, kitty. So, yeah, it's not much of a stretch for me to imagine dragons being, even though magical or whatever, <laughs> existing maybe at the time. Whatever. Ren Ren, Ren Renwood adds, uh, the thing is, the kids are growing up. Next time we see Bran, he may have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be tree. He'll look like Tree Beard. He'll be like Tree Beard. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, they they didn't they didn't even do it that good. Oh, well, I guess the outside of that tree, the outside of that tree that looked, looked fantastic. Looked like the, yeah, especially seeing it on the screen. big screen. I, I would say this, and because of something, Joe, you were just saying. Uh, because the sh- George R. R. Martin sprinkles, besides the dragons, the fantasy stuff so sparingly in there, when the show interprets it, it is hit or miss when they're trying to do it because they're almost coming from a complete unique place. And it almost feels foreign to some of the other things that they do on the show. And what most people, quote unquote, or I'd say, not most people, it's hard to tell me to tell you what you like about the show. But I'd say a big selling point in the show for me is the political intrigue and all the character stuff that has nothing to do with the, the fantasy. The drama, which has nothing to do with the fantastical elements. And when they try to do the fantastical, I 
there's some times sometimes where I think it works really well. This we disagree about this. We don't have to get into this stuff. I think it works really well with the with the Craster's kids stuff. I think it works horribly with the House of the Undying shit. I think that yeah. that came off really bad, and I don't think any the brand uh, uh, stuff at the end here was what was done well at all either. But that doesn't mean they always fail at it. And I think I would throw in the Thirteen Kings up in the north. I didn't think that was all that great, and I thought that was a little as far as my being after having. Again, my opinion might be vastly different had I not read the books, but Fair I enough. thought that was a little bit too much liberty for my taste. That having said that, I also did kind of like looking into that little bit and getting a glimpse of it. Yes, yes. And I just didn't know what to think. I'm still kind of on the fence, and maybe to go, a little bit more towards the liking it side. But just to add another one that I enjoy, I love all the stuff that they do that they did towards the beginning with Renly and Melisandre forming the Stannis. Uh, you know, the ghost Stannis, the whatever it is, the shadow Stannis thing that kills. Shadow. Yeah, I thought that yeah, looked that was that. done really well. I thought that, that was, was done do- very well. I thought that was looked really awesome. And so- I was a little upset at, at at they glossed over a couple of other battles kind of that was supposed yeah. to have taken place. Mm-hmm. They were had a castle under siege for a long time. I was hoping we were gonna get to see that castle and some other things, but again, that's book fan. Wow. So- Ren TV Ren fan, it's a big difference. Ren Renwood, if I didn't love you enough, she Ren Ren says I have feral house cats are they are they friendly to you are they or are they are are they at all tame around you i assume if they live around your house but that'd be cool i i used to feed a feral cat outside of my house and then then one of my neighbors had him sent to a place we both have what we both have three gorgeous kitties you have a dog yeah three cats and a dog well, one of my cats is having severe problems and we're, we're looking to maybe rehouse him, but that's a different issue altogether. He gets beat up uh, like constantly by the other two cats. And it's been like five years of, uh, of trying to make it work and they're just, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. So, but I don't want to talk about cats here too much. You'll be doing like we do with our kitty. That's like that. We now have to separate her from the others. Yeah. We have to do a shuffle to spend time with her. And we do it. We make it work. We wouldn't rehome. We just keep her safe. We know if, if we can't do it, if she can't do it herself, we have to do it for her. Yep. And uh, um, Ren Renwood adds, yes, the heart in the conflict with itself, as Martin has said before, is what makes the show so good. Yeah, the conflict itself, everything that's going on with the show, not necessarily all the fantastical elements or all the dragons or all the whatever. It's the it's that core thing that Martin keeps pushing through all of his work that I think is I think it's what separates – we were talking about this a little bit earlier with Punk. I think that's what makes the show so good. And we mentioned this several times, the source material and the fact that you have that through line of George's that's in everything. And that's what I think when you do stuff that isn't from the books, sometimes it's hit or miss because it doesn't always feel George-like. Sometimes it feels, oh, this just feels completely off. This doesn't feel like something that would be in the books. And that's where you get to purists of either version. And and in my mind, too, for the most part, as I'm watching the series, some of these moments don't fit because they're not because it's all written by George. And then there's here's this thing that is okayed by George and kind of written maybe alongside him, kind of. But really was the writers of the show that said, we got this idea and we want to do it. We want to know what you think. He's been a writer. He's like, All right, fine, you can do this. I don't, I don't think – I'm not sure how much he consults episode to episode. I'm sure they give him a season arc before it starts and have him sign off on it. And I know right. except for season four, he wrote one episode a season, I believe. And it was. it's usually the – he wrote uh, – he 
co-wrote uh, Reigns of Casimir, and I believe he co-wrote um, uh, the episode where Ned Stark uh, gets his de- demise. Uh, I think I think George has written a few episodes along the way. I might be messing up on which they were, but I believe he wrote an episode in seasons one, two, and three. Each season, he wrote one episode, and he said he's not writing an episode in any other season until books come out, theoretically. So after after everything else, uh, it's fair to say uh, we could we could go on and talk about the IMAX experience, re-review those two episodes, and go into it. But let's get into what else happened that evening. After the episode was over, they smart they very smartly did not show the trailer after the two episodes because Joe speculated that some people would just watch the trailer and leave. But uh, they showed a they showed a trailer for season five. You can watch this trailer now online. You could watch it yesterday from a bootlegged version. Uh, HBO has officially just released a uh, high definition version of it. Uh, it's easy to find. We can uh, also try to include it in the uh, description section below. I'll try to put a link for that in there. Um, so it we're gonna go through uh, a smarter person than me. One of these people's on the internet took this. When- Frame from frame. We, so we're going to go through it frame from frame, basically. Yep. When they started this preview, I don't know what the house was thinking. Oh, not yeah. Not a single yeah, person yeah. moved. Not a single person moved. Because, you know, at a movie theater, when it ends, nobody wants to watch the credits. But not a single person moved during those credits. So why the hell would you turn on the lights in the theater when you can see that nobody's leaving? Nobody's leaving. Everybody wants to see that trailer. If you saw half the people get up and start walking out, knowing that the trailer was coming, I can see understand turning on the lights because you don't want a lawsuit. But not a single person moved. And to have to have the audience start yelling lights to yeah, turn and- it off so you can see the preview of what you're of probably what 50% of the people mostly paid that money to now, go see in the first place. Now, Joe, I think just in fairness, the kid that turned on the lights, I think he might've still been on tilt from you uh, heckling him uh, when he was giving his announcements. Hey, all I wanted was, you know, if you're, if you have that job and you're going to address the movie theater afterwards, exits are located here. This is how we'll be mo- leaving the movie theater. Why wouldn't you make a joke about buckle your seatbelts like a flight attendant? Very, very fair. Very fair. I would make that joke. And also, it was funny. The cop was, like, yelling at him to shut off the lights. The cop's, like, yelling across, shut off the fucking lights. He's like, shut off the lights. Shut off the lights. Um, Ren Ren would Ren Ren would add, he said something like, it's not that you have dragons, but it's what Danny will do with the power that the dragons give her. And he also added that, oh, so he did write an episode for season four. Oh, that's what it was. The, he wrote the Purple Wedding episode, and he said that's going to be the last episode he writes. So he, he, I believe it's three episodes in total that he's written, maybe four. I'm, I'd have to check my math, and I'm sure I'll be corrected in the comments below <laughs> from, by somebody. But he's written, a, he's written a handful of episodes for the series, and it's usually episodes with, that have major deaths in them. It's a, he likes to write those big episodes. To, uh, to, which, which is interesting. So we're, we're going to get into the trailer a little bit here. Um, some of this, obviously, especially at the beginning of the trailer, as Joe mentioned, the lights were on. So so in the theater, I really didn't get a chance to see the beginning of the trailer in, in depth. But I, I did come home and I watched it a few times. And I, I haven't wa- watched it yet again. And I watched it in high definition. So, so, uh, so the trailer opens up. And the first shot that we see is Tywin dead in a large room filled with candles. And uh, Jamie's sitting over him, crying and mourning. And we also see a woman in there who we're assuming is Cer- Cersei, but it wasn't confirmed. It looks like her from behind. 
Then we get, then we hear what is uh, on my re-list, and I realized it's Brienne of Tarth saying, "Nothing is more hateful, uh, hateful than falling to, failing to protect the ones you love," which was really a interesting, interesting line from Brienne. For I wonder who she's talking about. Who is that she's talking about at that moment? I don't know. It's interesting. Who could she, Jamie? Um, is, is Jamie the only person that she loves, or is it? Or no. Just, how about Lady uh, Lady Cat Lady no. Catelyn? Does she love Catelyn. Lady Catelyn, or does she just have an oath to him? Renly. 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 Ooh, she could be talking to Pod about Renly. See, and this is why I need to go back. I, I need to reread the books, but oh. yeah, listen to him. I'm, I'll send you the books on tape, dude. I'm telling you, listen to the books on tape. It's a different experience and fun. You can just put it on while you're playing video games in the background and just listen to it while you're playing. And it's instead of listening to the audio of the game, it's that's what I've I never do. listened to a book on tape. It's I've never. I have them all. I could send. I could. I could give them all to you. But we'll talk about that later. I could give them. I give them all to you. All of them. I got them all. <laughs> I and it, it really pisses me off that that's a thing. Like, and why wasn't that around in the early nineties when I was out it in was, the friggin? It was. It just wasn't. Bluffed my way through almost every every test on every book I had to. Have, you know. It was. It just wasn't as easily. It was. It just wasn't easily accessible. Audiobooks oh. have been around forever. But they're but in the eighties, but I'm sure they when did. I really needed it, middle school. <laughs> when I really <laughs> needed it. Where was it when I re- when I when it was uh, basic American history or uh what, what was that chapter of Red Badge of Courage about? Oh I didn't read gosh. it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or back when we Animal had a farm. What? It's about pigs? You're lying to me. You gotta be lying to me. Pigs I don't, don't talk man. I still have never read Catcher in the Rye, and I think I got a uh, assigned to me several millions of times. I go buy it at a bookstore, and then go buy it at another bookstore, and then go buy it at another bookstore. <laughs> I've seen con- Joe. I've store. seen. I've seen conspiracy theory. I'm not going to do that. I've I've seen the Mel Gibson movie conspiracy theory. I, Mel Gibson's convinced me. Okay, so <laughs> so then we see a little paddle boat uh, approaching a village, and we hear Little Finger's voice. There is no justice. Oh, sorry, I made him Batman. <laughs> There's no justice in this world. <laughs> In the image that we see there, we see for a second, we see Braun drawing a sword. Uh, and I forgot to mention something, uh, so a couple of changes that they're making for the book. We've talked about this before. Um, and slight spoiler for season five, if you don't want to listen to it, block your ears right now. Jamie is eventually going on a, on a journey. And I'm not going to say where he's going on the journey because that's a bigger spoiler than I don't know how they're going to do it in the show. But... Jamie in the well, book we, that that he's going on a journey isn't a spoiler because no no, no. What, what I'm a, about to what I'm about to say is the spoiler no I'm not saying where he's going on the journey oh, uh, the oh, okay. uh, instead of going with a different character that he went with in the books on his journeys he is it is they're making they're repurposing Braun and Braun is going to be Jamie's companion for next season really yes. I didn't see Braun. Bron was on the boat then. Maybe? Yeah, Bron. No, Bron was. You see him drawing a sword, and Bron. And I've they've already announced several times that Bron is going to be Jamie's companion this season. Whose companion? Jamie's. Jamie oh. Lannister's. All right, 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 right. Well, we know that we know that last season, um, instead of someone was supposed to be teaching Jamie how to fight again, and, and it was left-handed. Braun. Right. And it was Braun. And because of and that, it was Braun instead of that person. And now, and it was Braun who ended up talking Jamie into coming to Tyrion's aid when he really needed him. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you now? Like he, 
he said to him, you know, Tyrion's always been there for every single person in his family, even though you're all friggin' shit on him. And this is a big change from the book because Bronn is such a likable character to the show's audience that they want to keep repurposing him and make him as good of a guy as they possibly can. You know, I'm fine. I'm fine with the cha any changes they've made with yeah. Ron or uh, uh, and, I, I've been happy about and, it. And and to the people that know the spoilers about Jamie, I'm actually happy about to see to see where they take Jamie this season in completely new grounds. Which that because Jamie is one of my favorite characters left in the show. So see, George Martin was is able to write uh, far more than this show is able to show, and the way he wrote our relationship with Jamie it's hard to get a TV audience maybe past a lot of the things that Jamie's done mm -hmm. a Puritan uh, level American audience yes. window incest uh, but he's but he's so charming though but he's but, he, but he's so charming <laughs> and, he, and he's charming and that's a, and it goes a big way on screen it really pretty, does it goes a big way on screen <laughs> But there's still things when you start to think about the character that is hard to get by. So I, I think with the limited time they're gonna they that's why they made some of the changes and got Jamie back to the to the city yeah. in time for the purple wedding. They they didn't make his him go away with a Tyrion on such bad terms. Right. Like, they they wanted to, they wanted to keep Tyrion and him on good terms, which I think is interesting to what And might... they made us and they made us see how he is still manipulated by his sister mostly in all of this. Oh, what a bitch. Uh, a little bit more than than anything else a little bit. Even though and I know there's that whole controversy over, you know, him kind of forcing a kind of well really forcing himself on his sister no it was it was um, again it's body their kid's dead body the controversy is more about how the scene was shot because even the directors come out and, and said that that scene was not shot to be a rape it was shot to be just jamie kind of forcing the issue and cersei being into it it it's it, several 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 things have come out of that and especially if you see uh, we've went through this a lot last season Especially right. if you see what we saw in last night's episode with how Cersei interacts with Jamie, there's no way she act, interacts with someone like that that raped her two weeks earlier or however long it's been, where she's like all affectionate because she just told Ty whenever she's done with her game, she won, she wants to celebrate with the man she loves. Right. And she's, she, no, 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 no. She is straight up on a warpath. She is setting no, she, her pieces up. She's moving her chessboard around. She is not going to go she's not in that room to spend time with someone she loves she's there to manipulate a situation to make sure that Tyrion dies and jamie sees through it jamie has sex with her and he goes and frees that little boy <laughs> he, he sees through he, he jamie is now at a point where he refuses to be manipulated by her anymore when she came into that room he was he had he had the king's guard book open on his half a page which is going to say the kingslayer killed the king, then was made head of the king's guard, had his hand cut off, was put there by his daddy. Like, he's thinking about all this stuff, kind of, when she walks in and is like, I told him and I love you. And I think I think he kind of sees through oh, it. Oh, I know he sees, I know he sees through it. She thinks she's celebrating her victory right there because she, because no, Tyrion's going to die. Think, she comes in with a butt smile. She's not victorious yet. She feels victorious. She fucking feels victorious when she walks in that room. She's smiling as a pig in shit because Tyrion's dying tomorrow. She nope. just told her dad to go fuck himself, and she nope. wants to show J Jamie that she won. Uh, done. We're nope. not talking she, about that anymore. She's she's scared shitless. 
Okay, she, moving on. Moving she, on. Uh, Ren Renwood okay. says Bron is also married and has a stepson who's named Tyrion Tanner. Lolly was raped behind the tannery. Interesting. Yep. So next we see a uh, shot of uh, after we see Bron. There's a flash of people in golden masks carrying torches. Um, they seem to be connected somehow to uh, the people that are opposing Danny's rule. Uh, the sons of Harpy is the speculation that uh, that that the person who wrote this, who they were, they look like the guy that comes in that's gonna uh, that that addressed her in the end of the last season. Then we get another shot of Littlefinger finishing his line that he started. He's with Sansa and he's cupping her face as he's cr- really kind of creeping up close to her and says. Not unless we make it. <gasps> then we get a quick flash to the desert of Dorne where, uh, where we see uh, the sand snakes. Uh, and they're kind of, they're whipping this, uh, they whip a basket. And, uh, and there's this guy's head with a scorpion around the head. They're torturing some bald guy. And, yep. uh, and then we continue on to uh, Littlefinger and, uh, and Littlefinger says to Sansa or something about avenging them. That's what made me think of Batman because he says a very Batman, Avenger. Then, then we get, then it, I don't know what this was. It, it looked like, it looked like maybe some wildlings heading into through a, through a swamp or something or hanging through water. It was kind of weird. Then we see a young blonde woman who, girl who, it's been already mentioned that there are going to be a flashback next season. So it was good. So it could have either been young Cersei or Marcella. I I'm not sure who it was. It was one of the two. It was one of the two of them from behind. Yeah. It could have, maybe it was, it, there's a few young girls that it could, it could have also been Stannis's kid. It, it was, it was, it was either, it was, it was, was it one, it was was one it of the two. Or nice out? It was inside somewhere and she was pricking her finger and cutting herself and dripping blood. So it makes me think it's uh, Cersei's flashback where I don't want to say what happens in the flashback, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it was young Cersei in that situation. Huh. Okay. Because that's going to be a big part of uh, this season that all of that. So uh, then we get, uh, we see Tommen and uh, Marjorie celebrating, seemingly celebrating either the announcement of their marriage or their marriage. They're both wearing crowns. So I assume it's their marriage. And the King Killer, the she King. strikes again. And uh, let's see if this, let's see if she can finally consummate one of these deals. Let's There's see a few things you don't do. You don't offer someone the chance to do the right thing on their own, right, Ned? You don't marry Marjorie Tyrell, right, Renly and uh, Joffrey? <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and just don't ever meet Cersei Lannister. All right. <laughs> just, just don't even, don't even go near that. Let's. I mean, you and me can disagree on a lot of stuff, but we can, we can agree on that. That I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't be in a room alone with Cersei Lannister. Are you kidding me? You'd be chasing her. No, not You'd Cersei. Be chasing her. Stuff. Marjorie, maybe. Marjorie, maybe. Not Cersei. Not Cersei. I, I can snuff out an evil person in a, in a heartbeat, and I'm staying the hell away from that woman. She's too in love with herself. Too in love with herself. I don't care if it's a mask for something else. She's too, she's too outwardly in love with herself. So uh, after we see uh, Tom and Marjorie both wearing their crowns, uh, we uh, we see wildlings in a group marching forward with weapons, and uh, we get another. Uh, and this is where we get into our Varys Varys voice over here, and we see him, and it's, he says, "I believe men of talent have a part to play in this war to come." 
and uh, he's talking to Tyrion, who we get a, who, who we see get dumped out of the box with a big beard. He's dirty. He's a huge. I like Beardian. Yeah, I like Beardian. He, he's looking awesome. He's he's looking awesome, and, and, and he's supposed to be so ugly, but with the beard, he's even more handsome. Yeah, to, like, Peter, Peter Dinklage, Dinklage is a handsome man, and Tyrion Lannister is supposed to be a very ugly man, and then gets mutilated even further at the battle of the blackwater uh, blackwater blackwater he gets his nose cut off and stuff and you know and he they give him a dash of beard make him even make him even prettier for them <laughs> and uh T- Tyrion mentions in this moment i will never sit on the iron throne and uh it cuts to a new setting a crowd holding torches gathered in a circle and we get a close-up of cersei's face uh, the speculation is maybe it's the lead up to Tywin's funeral, possibly. I don't know, maybe. Uh, and then we get more, more, uh, more Varys. You, you could help another climb those steps, take a seat. And we get a quick shot of Varys walking with Tyrion. Uh, and then we see Jon Snow quickly. We see Sansa in a bathtub, which the rumored uh, Sansa naked scene might be in that moment this season. Um, we see, uh, again, we see two young girls running in the forest. And uh, we see wildlings approaching some gate, and then uh, and then we get some really inane line from Danny, just doing her usual Danny nonsense. I'm not gonna. No, well, we see when well, we see a specific wildling, isn't it? Isn't it? We see Rattleshirt. Yeah, we do see Rattleshirt. You're right. You're absolutely right. And uh, and with Danny, we get like again one of her inane lines where she says, "I'm not going to stop the wheel. Wait, I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. You know, something to that something to that effect." And that's right when we kick into our music. It's uh, that song, uh, We Can Be Heroes, but it's kind of like a weird version of it. We can be heroes. I didn't like that. I didn't like that they picked that song. Just for one day, Joe. Joe we no, can was, be- it, was it you too? Is that- no, it's a, yeah. it was a, it's a David Bowie song. But that wasn't David Bowie doing it. It was, uh, but it's originally a David Bowie song. And it was, uh, we can... Do you have confirmation on that, or is that what you're thinking? So I'm pretty sure it was a U, the, the new U2 song. Fact che- right you now. can fact check me on this one. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm 95% sure it's a David Bowie song. And, uh... We... Either way, I was very upset that that was mashed in there. I'm right alongside you. I should have done an original score or something, you know, give me some more Reigns of Casimir or something. Anything but pop rock. <laughs> Ren... uh, pop soft rock song. Ren Renwood adds, uh, the... the, the as to, to the Lannisters, this family has missing ears, hands, noses, fathers. Right. Yeah, shit, what a fucked up family. Uh, Ren Renwood, other than seeing Rattleshirt or someone wearing a mask, I have no idea what's going on up north. I agree. I have no... You got to figure that there is there is one shot of that in the trailer. I read this more in a more detailed account of the trailer. You get some vi- view in the trailer of a map of the north, similar to what you saw Jon Snow have or t- or Tywin have when they're doing military strategy. And you see that the Boltons have control of most of the north at this point. The, the that uh, that there's Bolton little soldier guys pretty much everywhere, uh, pretty much controlling everything. Play the Telltale game. Or play the Telltale game eventually. If it, we'll get there eventually. Definitely play the Telltale game. Uh, Ren Renwood was watch. I believe was watching uh, my first playthrough on Chapter One d- during uh, during that. So so Danny's not going to stop the wheel. She's going to do it. And and then we get David Bowie's kicking in, and we see uh, Jorah Mormont in a gladiator pit, uh, fu- twirling a spear and fighting. 
which uh, again is a big change from the book to see Jor in the pit that early in that situation. It's, it's uh, going to be interesting to see how they do what they do with with him and if they have. I him. thought that I I was very excited to see Jor in the pit. Me too. Very excited about that one part. That was probably one of my favorite parts of the of uh, of the trailer. The preview. Yeah. And then we see Cersei sitting at a table with a box. She opens up a box and she takes out a statue. I had to watch this a couple of times to see what it was. And what it's, was it? It was, it's, it was a uh, snake with a pendant in its mouth. It's a Sicilian message. Sicil- Marcella, Marcella Baratheon <laughs> it's a, sleeps It's with- a horse head in a bed? Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah, Marcella Baratheon sleeps with the fishes or something. No, I don't know. It's a message from Dorne of some kind, I assume. And... Uh, yeah. And we hear uh, Cersei talking. I assume she's talking about Tyrion. The monster is out there somewhere drawing breath, as she says to Jamie. Did, did they show Bashir in the preview? They did not, at all? We did not see Dr. Julian, but oh, ah, there he is. We did not see Dr. Julian Bashir in the preview at all that I saw. Um, she also says, uh, uh, we, she says, uh, yeah, someone's out there. And then we, we flash immediately after she says that to uh, Tyrion, cleaned up a little bit, but still with his cool beard and a hood and cloak, looking kind of incognito, looking real. Looking yeah, real, a cloak and dagger. Looking really awesome. Really fucking awesome. And, uh, and then we see that it's the night and there's many shadows, uh, many terrors, I mean. And, and Melisandre's surrounded by people with torches. And I don't know what the hell's going on here. Probably she's sacrificing some people, burning them. I assume. Well, doesn't she? Doesn't she? Uh... I don't know. She's around Spoiler fire. Alert, never mind. Yeah, she's around fire a lot. I think. That, I think. I think. I yeah, think. Doesn't she worship fire? Isn't that like something she does? Oh, uh, oh, Ren. Ren, Ren, we're gonna get to that in a second here. If you're uh, for your la- your last question. Uh, I don't. And then we get Tyrion saying for a second. I don't think I'm ready for what I deserve. Uh, obviously probably talking about what he did to his father. Then we get a Jon Snow looking all awesome with the extra long hair, shouting out a rallying cry. Forward! Charge forward. We see a woman turn and smile. I think it's another sand snake revealing like a sexy outfit. Partial nudity. They had to give you a little bit of it. Then we get Lady Elena for one second saying a line. I've never, uh, they'll never even find what's left of you is what she says. Uh, what she's talking about. Uh, Two combatants fighting in a desert. A uh, quick, gl- quick shot of one of the uh, golden masks that we saw earlier. With if you freeze frame on it, uh, you see in written uh, in blood on the wall, "Kill the masters." Yep, it's a little slave revolt again. Yep. Or... Yep. Uh, who knows? Then we see for one second we see Braun looking to fight two mountain warriors having a little fight with two mounted people. We see men in black robes walking down the stairs, smashing barrels filled with liquid. We see Arya Stark approaching the house of the house of black and white, I assume, because, you know, it was a big and black and white door. And she, and then she has a new black and white robe right afterwards. And she has her trusty sword needle as the, as the, 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 the game of Thrones logo starts coming up. And uh, then we hear another voiceover. Of I the, love Arya, Arya's story from this point on. I, from this point past, I loved Ari's story. And from this point forward, it just keeps getting better and better. And yeah, better. it's going to be awesome to see all this stuff. I love this character. I love this girl playing this character. The, my only my only thought is the actor is growing so much faster than, than the character. Right. Like she's already five years older than. I mean, for all for as big as these continents are in the in the. And the little warning at the beginning of the books, like travel takes time. This is a huge place and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, 
and it uh, doesn't quite match up they stay younger than they should in the books yeah in the tv show i think they're growing and of course to make things not so pedophile they (laughs) are a little bit older than they should be in the books as well now now two things one we did forget to mention ren redwood pointed out and i forgot i just forgot to write it down because it's so brief we get one quick quick shot of reek of uh, Theon, we get a, we get like one slight image for like a half a second of Reek looking all. I guess the best way of saying it is Reek like. We just get a, we get Theon's eyes for two seconds, and I believe I cheered during that part for a moment. I said Reek, and uh, and so, but it was very very brief. It was all, you almost could miss it if you blinked your eye. And uh, Ren Runwood says the bonfire looks to have had a dead body on it, like a live sacrifice of some kind. So yeah, she's probably sacrificing somebody to the. And who, uh, who is Lady Elena saying that to? I'm assuming she's talking to Marjorie. There's two schools of thought. Either she's saying it to threaten somebody or she's saying it to warn somebody. And it could go either way with her. It could, really could go either way with her. She could be talking to someone like, don't fuck with me or they'll never find your body. But it seems more likely that she's talking to somebody warning them that if they catch you doing what you're doing, that you, they won't find your body. So something to that effect is, is what, I would, what I would guess. Then we, what's, her, what's her quote? Um, let me go back up to it for one second just to read it. Uh, they'll never even find what's left of you. I'll, ne- I'll, never, I'll never even find what's left of you. Oh, that's a warning. It's a warning. That's not a threat. It's a warning. If it's I'll never find what's left of you, then it's... I'm pretty sure it's, it's I'll. I'll have to wa- I've watched it a few times with writing these I, notes. I, yeah, I'd have to watch it again to see the expression on, on Olena's face, but... She looked scared. Uh, she, looked, she had, a, she had a, a, a look of fear in her eyes as she was saying it, if I had okay. to anticipate it. If fear I had for... It. Yeah, okay. Fear for someone she cared about's life is my speculation. Right. That, that was my read on it, you know, but I'm not always right. Sometimes they have aces when I have kings. So, so the seven kingdoms. Then we hear Varys's name again, voice again. Seven kingdoms need a ruler, loved by millions, with a powerful army, right family name. And Tyrion goes, "Good luck finding him." Varys responds, "Who said anything about him?" And then we go flash right to Danny's face, smiling and gleaming in the sun. And we see a shot of her before the screen goes black. And then it illuminates again as we get like scary dragon breath breathing into the camera. Ah, dragons! And uh, we get wildlings in the water, more sand snakes, Melisandre taking off her clothes for a second, of course, because Danny won't get naked. They have to just keep getting Melisandre naked because she's like, fuck, I'll get naked. I don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, Danny marching with soldiers with golden. Well, if you want to give me a, a role on Game of Thrones, I'll get naked. Yeah. It'd be like going to the circus freak show, but, you know, hey, I'll do it. <laughs> very, very true. Very true. And uh, I know, hell, I'll do it. I'll, I've done it before. It's not porn. It's HBO. <laughs> it's, a, it's HBO. It's not Cinemax. The show's not on Cinemax, for Christ's sake, Danny. Uh, <laughs> so, and as for who she's saying that to, Elena, I'm guessing she's talking to Marjorie. It seems like something she'd say to Marjorie. And she's, or maybe, actually, it could be, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, the one that, the one that, uh, that, w- that Tywin wanted to marry Cersei, uh, Renly's lover. I'm blanking on his... Uh, Mace Tyrell? No, Tyrell, Mace Tyrell's son. His, uh, uh, think right. about it. Yeah, him. Loras. 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 She may be talking to Loras. Jesus. Yeah, think. It's been a while. That's why I'm saying it's good that we're getting back into the game. So when we're going, we're going to be going full steam. Because uh, we yep. have a special announcement at the end we're going to make here. So uh, 
we're almost to the almost to the finish here. So we get the shot of Daenerys, and we see the dragons. We see more wildlings in the water, so, uh, sand snakes. Melisandre taking off her clothes. Uh, Danny marching through like a crowd of people, kind of rioting with uh, with with her uh, unsullied, very closely guarding her. She's walking through. Then we see the floor of an arena with tons of soldiers and people, or people fighting in the base of an arena. And we see Danny protected by a ring of soldiers. We see a crow. <laughs> and then the close of the, tra the trailer, we see a giant statue being ripped down by many ropes off the top. Harpy statues. Yep, a, a harpy statue being ripped down the side of a, a pyramid before a big smash that says. So think, think of Game of Thrones opener, those, the, 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 the statue of the winged harpy on top of the pyramids. Those are gold in the city, and they're actually on top of these pyramids, and that's what's getting like ripped off of the top. They're a symbol of the old ways of the slavery and all that yeah, stuff. Absolutely. So, and that's the end. And that's the end of the trailer. Uh, Ren Ren would ask a question: More shadow babies from Melisandre? I would not doubt more shadow babies, but the, one interesting question to go there is: Does she have any king's blood going on? Where's her king's blood? She needs some. She needs some more. Of that is it. Is that's why she had Stannis's daughter brought along because she said. What if? What if? Yeah. He. She insisted on Stannis's daughter coming, so maybe she's gonna try to sacrifice Stannis's daughter to make more shadow. Well, babies. we have the king. We have the king. We have the king beyond the wall. Yeah, we have the blood king. is there in him. Yep. Or if book spoiler alert: if some of those Jon Snow parentage book spoilers are true, maybe Jon Snow has some king's blood. Possibly. I'm not going to get into that. If you want to research that R plus J equals whatever, whatever it is, uh, the, uh, yeah, R plus J equals J or no, whatever. Someone's going to correct me on that in the comments. The theory about Jon Snow's parentage that if anyone's listening to this far into this podcast, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> you, yeah, it, I think we've, I think we've kind of covered that in a few Little bits here and there. Yeah, no, absolutely. We have stuff. We absolutely have. <laughs> Ren Renwood says the harpy always looked like it was taking a dump anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it did. Oh, I was a little disappointed at the uh, from. Uh, yeah, that was one of the little thing. My my little pet peeves, but well, well, not enough to impact my decision on how no. I feel about it. And I'm really excited about season five. I would say as a trailer, I was a little bit more excited by last season's trailer leading into season four. I just thought uh, it was a it. The more awesome stuff was happening in this one. I just wasn't, I didn't necessarily love the music choice in it, uh, which took me off, took me out of it a little bit. I was like, this music isn't very Game of Thronesy. It, it took me out of it immediately. Like I stopped paying attention while I was watching and started paying attention to why I, why I was, why I was hearing this. It felt more like a walking dead trailer at times where you're like dealing with like at the end, you get the, you get the poppy song with uh, them killing people in the highlights sort of stuff. It felt like they're starting to realize how popular the show is and they wanted to put, make, get, get a more poppy ish type uh, trailer a little bit. And, it, right. and it, I mean, it, it got me hyped for the season. I'm, I couldn't be more hyped for April 12th. So before we finish up here, I want to make one announcement. Uh, we, have so much fun talking about Game of Thrones. We've talked about this a lot during last season that we wanted to do this project, but we're finally actually going to do it starting uh, probably this coming weekend or or this coming week because tomorrow's the Super Bowl. Uh, early one of the early days this week, we got to go pick, pants. We got to pick the right time. Uh, Joe and I are going to start 
doing recaps of the entire Game of Thrones series. We're going to start with episode one. Our goal is to get all of season one done before season uh before season five starts. So there's 13 weeks in between when we're putting out this video right now and the new season of Game of Thrones. So that gives us three weeks to be lazy. <laughs> three weeks to say, to have mulligans because we're doing two, because uh, The Walking Dead's coming back and we're going to be doing Better Call Saul too. But we're going to yeah, try to- I, I think I think we have a, a week before that starts and I got a feeling we might, we might even pull off one or two in a week. Yeah, but I agree with you. I agree with you. So one or two in a day, we might do bang, bang. We might pick a day where we're like, let's just do two episodes today. Bang, bang, one, two. So, but we were going to do the whole series. We talked about this a lot and uh, it's going to be our first uh, entry to doing, to catching up into the entire series. Cause we'd like when this is all done to have recaps for every game of Thrones television show episode that, that just happened for so. ourselves, if for nothing else. Exactly. Have a live watch. Are you guys going to have a live watch and review of the new season of Game of Thrones? Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to doing the se the, epi the season episodes, we're going to treat the uh, recap reviews that we're doing on those exactly like we do these reviews. We're not going to do it pre-recorded. I thought about it for a second. They maybe want to pre-record and edit something together. I want to do it as the same format. We're going to watch the episode between ourselves within a week make our own notes and come back out here and do a live recap review like we do for everything. So if you guys want to join in the fun and talk about the first episode and everything like that and be a part of it as well, we want you guys to be a part of it too. So it's not going to be pre-recorded. It's not going to be something we put out each week. These are going to be, and we'll try to give you at least a day's notice or two days. Right. Notice I'll, po I'll post, we'll yeah, I'll post the event. I'll post the event as a live event. So you guys can check up on the page and it will post in your upcoming events thing. And I'll try to maybe even I'm going to try to experiment on uh, on working into uh, like inviting you to the event and stuff for reminders and all that stuff. So if you're getting an invites invites from me, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out how all this fucking Google Plus bullshit works with uh, getting people because some people are like, I never know when you go live, and some people are like, Oh my god, I get I get friggin' updates every time you go live. Leave me alone. <laughs> so we got to figure out why that happens, and and so anyone that wants to know when we go live can figure that out. And get an email to let you know. You can also follow us on uh, Twitter at I Got Issues Man or uh, f follow on Facebook if you search Phil the Issues Guy and you'll see posts coming up that uh, or issues program on Facebook and uh, there'll be posts that go on when we go live. So yeah, I can't wait for next season and I can't wait to start talking about season one again because I actually just in full disclosure, I just recently did a rewatch. So it's going to be, so I want an excuse to do another rewatch. So uh, look for us next week talking about Game of Thrones season one, episode one. I believe the episode's called Winter is Coming, if, if I'm correct. Uh, Joe and I are both going to make a point to watch it between now and midweek. And uh, we'll touch base. Probably, I'm guessing uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, one of those days we'll be fitting in at, at latest on Friday afternoon or Friday evening or something like that. So keep an eye out for that. And thank you everybody for checking out this video. If uh, you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. Please comment away. If you went to the IMAX experience, what you thought about it, what your likes and dislikes, what you thought played better on the big screen. And if you have any questions or requests for videos, movies, television shows you want us to touch upon, you can email me at I Got Issues Man, share it in the comments. And uh, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate our, all our live viewers today. We've had, we have live viewers checking us out. It's really fucking awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And have a good time, good week, and uh, bye.